Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 14. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. And we have such an exciting guest for you today. I have so much admiration and respect for this man. He has flipped over 600 houses, and he's currently doing over 100 houses a year on systems. He uses automation so that he can do things in his life besides flipping houses full-time. He is coaching hundreds of students and has fantastic programs to help people learn more about flipping on automation. And with that, welcome Justin Williams. What's going on, Holly? That, that was an <laughs> awesome interview. You can, uh, not interview, intro. That was an awesome, uh, you can do that anytime for me. Okay, I'll follow <laughs> you around and introduce you wherever we go, right? That'll be fun. <laughs> well, hey, for those people that don't know you yet, why don't you give us a little bit of background on your story and how you got where you are today? Sure. I was born on November 15th, 1980. It was a dark night. I was born breech, weighed 11.6. Can you believe that? Oh, your poor mother. <laughs> I know. Fast forward 20 some odd years, was playing football at BYU, started a, um, a business when I was in college, a satellite dish business. I was going door to door, had the entrepreneurial seizure, um, and thought I can do this better than these guys. I want to make three times what I'm making, started my own business, Long story short, a year later, when I thought I'd be a millionaire, I ended up with $120,000 of debt, broken partnership. I uh, had to let go of a lot of my, my staff, and it was just not a lot of fun. Not where I thought I would be in my life. You know, my wife had counted on me. We had a six-month-old at the time by now, and we had to move to Bakersfield, California, um, and our six-month-old slept in the closet of a 2,000-square-foot home when we sh that we shared with, like, 10 other people. It was crazy. So <laughs> Exciting that, times. Okay, so is, then what happened next? That's pre-real estate. Out of this hole. Yeah, so I went door-to-door, -door, sold the heck out of satellite dish systems for the next six months, pretty much got out of the hole, but then got into real estate, which really helped us get out of the hole. Didn't happen right away. It took seven months to get our first deal. A lot of work, a lot of crazy action. It wasn't like seven months of learning and then take action. It was like learning, taking crazy action, seven months, finally got our first deal. And the rest was history, pretty much. Started doing deals after that on a pretty regular basis. Um, had another major setback action in 2010 as the short sell market changed. We moved. Um, didn't have a lot of success. We, we were about to have baby number three. Once again, baby's coming, not a lot of money to feed the babies and um, decided I was going to get into rental properties. So tried that out for about three months, ended up four months, actually got 12 rental properties, had no money, wasn't making any money, <laughs> decided to sell four of those rental properties, made more money than we needed for a year from those four rental properties. And I thought, hmm, maybe there's something to this. And that's when it hit me. Why can't I have a passive business that makes a lot of money? You know, people said you either flip and have a job or you have rental property and have a passive business, but you don't make a lot of money. <laughs> so I thought, right. why not do both? You know, I'd read books like the far work week and e-myth and people told me you couldn't 
have a passive house flipping business, but I wanted to prove them wrong. And that was my goal. And in 2011, we did 60 houses. The year after that, we did 120. I uh, made our first seven figures. Uh, it's pretty crazy. We went from one year where our tax returns showed like 40,000. The next year was multiple six figures and then seven figures after that. And when we qualified for our home, our um, mortgage guy, whatever, whatever those, the lender, whatever he's called, they were like, what in the world did you do? Because <laughs> they saw three years of income. We'd have two years before we could qualify. And they're like, how'd you go from 40? Anyway, it's pretty hilarious conversation. So. Yeah. So did he say, teach me what you do or I want to do what you do or no? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> but of course, you know, he didn't really do anything about it. Just right. very, was very intrigued. So. Yes. There's plenty of people that think they want to do it, but very few people that will take action and do it. Huh? Yep. yep. It's very true. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business model? I mean, we've alluded to it that it's um, an automated system, but maybe you could talk about how many people work for you and what you do and how many hours a week you spend doing it now. Sure. Um, so I have Vanessa, as you were mentioning before this call, um, who basically runs that entire system, if you will, the whole entire house flipping business. Uh, she oversees everybody. So she basically has two assistants. Um, and then I have Kale, who is my acquisitions manager. And his actually the, the only thing that he focuses on is the the direct marketing aspect. You know, Vanessa still deals with any wholesaler properties, anything we get from agents. Cause I want, cause even doing the direct marketing um, is such a big job. So I just want Kel to oversee that just today, him and I were talking because last year we bought a lot of houses from wholesalers, but this year we're transitioning into doing a lot of our own direct marketing. So I talked to him just this morning. We're about, we're ready to hire someone to help us help him take calls. That would be a VA and then get someone um, on the ground in, in one of the outside markets that we're working in to help out with that. So. Cool. So when you say doing direct marketing, does that mean you're sending out mailers or are you doing Google ads or what? Yeah, that? we're doing, we do both. We do uh, mailers, Google ads. Uh, we're, we started a bandit sign campaign. Um, and those are, those are the three main marketing things that we do. And then of course we buy from wholesalers and we have some agent connections that we, that we work, do at work as well. Hmm, interesting. And, um, what would you say is, I mean, I guess if you're doing all three, they're all three fruitful, but is there one that's like for sure that you'd recommend to someone that's starting out? You know, I actually, just in the last few days, I've been working on this flow chart that it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. Um, I think when we reopen the doors to house flipping formula, we're going to use that as kind of a, um, what do they call it? An opt-in brow? I'll just say what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is good for all you guys to be learning like these more in-depth marketing strategies that you see Holly and myself using because I think that is where real estate will eventually go where you need to know those things. So anyway, so the idea is to, you know, give people a really valuable thing. They opt into my list so I can continue to, um, build a relationship with them. So the, the thing that we're working on right now, it's, it's a flow chart. And then we're going to have like a, a guide that it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. And the reason why I did this is because I've been analyzing a lot lately. You know, I have a high end mastermind group as well. And I just got done uh, with, with that meeting a few weeks ago. And some people in my group are the goal for everyone in the group is to go basically from six to seven figures. Some people in the group are buying a lot of houses on the MLS still. And then there's some people who 
uh, are crushing it with direct mail. That's their main thing. Some people are going to ban it sign. Some people are doing online. So it really depends on your situation. So I'll go into this um, a little bit. It's not just a one size fits all answer. And it's really interesting. Whenever I get someone one-on-one, I'm able to tell them exactly what they need to be doing based on their circumstance. So my goal in creating this flow chart and this guide is to, when we speak in generalities though, it's so hard because like, oh, but you're supposed to do this, right? So the goal is to make it as custom as possible to the person based on their situation. So it, 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 um, it depends on lots of things. It depends on your location. Uh, are you in an extremely competitive market? Like Holly and I are in Southern California. It's extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. So what we might do would be a little bit different versus what someone else would do. Uh, there are some secondary markets where you can still buy houses on the MLS. For me, I don't spend a lot of time working the MLS. Maybe you do. I don't. Do you work the MLS? No. no. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I don't spend my time there. I've backed out of trustee cells. Do you, are you still in trustee cells or not? Not so much. We did one a couple of weeks nice. ago for the first time in here. All right. All right. Um, Maybe I need to get back there. <laughs> Just <do> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to buy where we bought. It's definitely a, a third area market. Not even a secondary yeah, market. Totally. It's way out there. So. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. It's not my, not my focus. I'm joking yeah. now. But um, so for some people, they still, there's someone else in my group who does trustee cells and they crush it in their area. And if you can do that, that's low. I mean, I guess trustee cells isn't low hanging fruit unless you have a lot of money and experience and yeah, are okay with taking the risk. But you and I both know that if that was available, we'd be all over it, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a high stakes, high risk game. But once you have your system in place for it, it's a system and you can yeah. do it. I mean, that's how that's we buy like, 100 houses. Exactly. So. You can buy house after house after house, right? So if the MLS works for you, boom, don't focus on anything else. Just do that. If trustee cells work and you are able to take on that risk and you have capital or access to capital, that's a fantastic way, but that's pretty competitive in a lot of areas. So um, the next things you have are things like uh, d- direct mail, uh, online marketing, and bandit signs. And then you have what I call brute force marketing, which is just what you're really good at. <laughs> well, you're good at everything, but you're, you're really good at networking, right? Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's, it may not be considered brute force for you because you are good at it and you like it. For a lot of people, it's brute force, right? It doesn't take a lot of money, but you got to get out there. You got to network with people. So if you don't have a lot of capital, capital, you want to hit the streets hard. Um, it's a numbers game, right? You got to talk to a lot of people. You got to sift through a lot of dirt to find the gold. Um, so you got, you got networking, driving for dollars. That's if you have a low budget. Bandit signs are kind of in between. Um, I... I like bandit signs because it's a very high ROI. Uh, we will find someone, pay them about $1.50 to put up each sign. After getting the signs and everything, you're about 3 to $4 total, uh, including paying the person and the signs and the stakes and everything. We use an app called Simple Crew, which is an easy way for us to track where they're putting them. And what we found is the ROI, you know, what it costs per deal is significantly lower for bandit signs and the amount of calls we have to go through is generally less as well. So uh, not, not everyone likes bandit signs though, right? We all have our, our things, but you got to buy the right ones. You got to, you know, there's all, I would do a whole call on bandit signs, right? Um, but that's just one example. If you're kind of in the middle now, if you have access to capital, you want to take things to the next level, you want to play big, then yeah, you're going to have to have a pretty intense direct marketing campaign and or um, internet Mark, oh, I'm sorry, direct mail and or internet marketing type campaign. So, um, yeah. 
So it depends. Awesome. Like, they yeah. all, they I opened all the floodgates work. there. <laughs> they, all, they all really work. Um, and if you're in a competitive market, like you can still do this business. And if you don't, if you want to do in another area, do in another area. I buy in other areas. My uh, one of my coaching partners, Andy McFarland, he's in three different markets. You know, you're not a tree, as he says often. Like move. You know, um, be be careful if you're flipping. I've I've flipped a lot of houses outside of our market, and I've done really well on some, and I've done not really well on some. So you just want to be extremely careful if you're going to flip outside of a market. I'd pick one area, get to know it really well, have boots on the ground, have everything you need there, and and do that. Don't don't buy in like ten markets like I did last year. It's not not the best idea, especially if you're new or you have this business. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, one thing that helped you survive, I mean, I know some people, they put all their capital, all their money in one deal. Like one, I knew this guy had spent like, you know, 800 grand on a house in Laguna Niguel and then he yeah, lost money on it. So with you buying houses in other markets, you were, you had plenty of risk diversified. So it was okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I have. Your risk. I have this thing I share that's like, it's like seven ways to mitigate or minimize risk. I don't remember if, I don't know if I'll know all of them, <laughs> but a lot of times people like they, fear causes us to freeze on our tracks. And in real estate, there can be a lot of fear because people have heard stories about this and that and the other, but it's just a lack of education. If you understand the things that you can do to minimize or mitigate risk or manage your risk based on your situation, then it really isn't that much risk involved. For example, uh, if you're worried about risk, you can focus more on wholesaling. Um, other things you can do is do joint ventures, especially with experienced people who, who know the business a little, they might be a little further on in, in the business and have some capital um, and they can work with you. If you work with hard money lenders, they're gonna often double check your numbers. So those are other things that, that you can do. Um, yeah, there's lots of things you can do to minimize. Oh, one of the things I love doing is buying houses. When I was on my journey to buy 100 rental properties, um, this, these were my thoughts when I decided not to buy those rental properties because there was a part of me that really wanted them. I thought, you know what? Worst case scenario, I'm going to make a ton of money flipping all these houses. I'm going to buy houses that fit rental property criteria. And if I get stuck with those, well, now I have my rental properties, but I also have, you know, several hundred thousand or a couple million dollars as well on top of that so smart yeah that's really great for um i find a lot of people that enter this arena are worried about risk and the ah, analytical people especially like the science-minded analytical people they're super worried about risk but those were some awesome solutions to mitigate the risk and how you can get in without risking your entire life savings. Say you have a hundred or 200 or 300,000, you don't just buy one house and hope it works. But no. start small. Don't Become risk a deal. If you can get deals under contract, you can win at this business. Period. Period. Yep. You just get it figured out from there. Yep. Well, that's like a mic drop statement. There you go. <laughs> oh, thanks for coming. This is great. Oh, I got many more questions. Oh, okay, okay. I'll okay. So you, you don't get off that easy. <laughs> All right, I got my pen back. All right. So, I want to drop my mic. It's like three hundred dollars. So I know. <laughs> and you've got more important things to share on that mic. You can't do that. 
Okay. So let's talk about financing. Like maybe you can talk about financing opportunities for like someone who's brand new versus someone who's experienced and someone like, what are you doing for financing your deals today? Sure. First know that money is everywhere. And if you don't think it is, you got to work on your mind because you just don't think it is, but it is. It's everywhere. Okay. So financing, it's kind of been a cycle for me. I started out wholesaling and obviously I'll, I'm assuming all your listeners know what wholesaling is, so I don't need to get into that, right? Well, let's just uh, do a quick definition. Okay. And that is financing. You're basically getting another investor to finance your deal, but he's doing it through buying out, buying you out, right? right. So, but he does get financed. The whole thing gets fulfilled. He takes it to retail, whatever. You eliminate your risk and you get the deal financed. That's how I started out. After doing that for a few years, I mean, the market was going down and I was still making money, had no risk. And I was like, I don't know what everyone's so worried about. Like I, I had no risk, none of my own money tied up, nothing. Um, so it was all, it was all good. Then I started doing, uh, I did it, got one private money lender in 2010 and did a, did a flip with him. That says I was starting to learn how to flip the regular way, actually rehab the house. I remember my first like actual rehab was super basic, but I was like freaking out. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like it was, anyways, it was like a carpet and paint job, but I didn't know what to do and I was freaking out. So, (laughs) but on that deal, I got a private money lender. He lent me like $150,000 at like 12%. So he was my first private money lender. Um, But I I felt like it was going to be hard to get private money. I was like, oh, and I didn't, it's weird. I didn't get any hard money at that time. I didn't know much about hard money, but I got um, a, when I started doing higher volume after the rental properties, the rental properties were private money, all of them. And then I got a JV partner. He saw some of the deals that I had done. He saw the houses that I flipped and he basically gave me, I don't want to say an endless supply of money, but he's like, yeah, I could do at least a million for now. And like, if you find that right JV partner, you, you know, they put all the money up, you split the profits 50, 50. Once again, no money out of pocket for you. You do all the grunt work, uh, they, but you don't want to take on all this risk, okay? Now, once again, you don't want to find some rich guy who doesn't know anything about real estate. You're brand new and put them at risk like that, right? You want to right. just be thoughtful about how you go about that. If you don't go buy like million dollar homes and you're going to build these mansions and you've never done real estate in your life, like try to, try to take care of them. Make sure you're keeping them in a good position. So wholesaling, JV partners. Uh, and then after a while I started thinking, you know, I'm paying these JV guys a lot of money. The annualized return was probably at least 25, sometimes 25% or more. And I was like, I think I'm going to go do some, some hard money. And now I have some of my own money, so I can kind of use that as well. So then we started doing uh, a lot of hard money mixed with either my own capital or uh, gap funding through other private money lenders at like 12% is what we were paying. Uh, So that was kind of how we financed our deals for, for quite a while. And now it's really interesting. We've really been moving into kind of eliminating the hard money. Uh, The private money lenders are growing. Our money is growing. So we're eliminating why, why pay points and junk fees if you don't have to. Right. Right. So it's kind of like, we're almost to the point where we have hardly any hard money left that we're using. We don't use JV partners, um, using mainly private money with our own capital as well. And after that plan, the next plan is to move everyone down. I have 10 to 12% right now, move everyone down to 10, all new people start paying them eight. 
and just keep working it that way. I'm just supply and demand, right? Um, the, the needs aren't as strong. Our, our capital's growing. And then what's crazy is I'm even starting to consider lending some of my own money. Just a little, it's just like I'm on the teetering edge, right? <laughs> so I'm just showing people like the evolution of this business. Right. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you look where you're at. I'm like, I didn't start there though. I just started hustling and going out and knocking doors, like doing whatever it took. I had no money. I had negative money. Going out and driving for dollars, knocking doors, networking, doing whatever it took. I wanted this. You could not hold me back. And that's the attitude you've got to have as you're getting started. And then eventually that led into having a little bit of capital and then working with other people. And then just to the point now where I might be able to lend money pretty soon. So that's great i i think my experience almost mirrors yours i mean we flipped a piece of land to start with a chunk of money but soon after that we had a um big time money partner where we did jv things and then we did like oh let's leverage and do hard money too let's do more and more deals when you get other people's money you can do a lot more deals than if you're just working with yeah. a smaller basket and yeah we're the same thing private money love it and let's define private money in case people don't know what that is because you talk about points and fees so difference between a hard money lender that's a company versus private money and who's private money who is that? Sure. And hard money lenders usually call themselves private money lenders, but we all know the truth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they're more institutionalized. They're a company, like you said. They usually will charge points and interest and junk fees um, and, and stuff like that. So, but, but the good thing about hard money is it, it's abundant. I mean, you can get pretty much as much of it as you want. Maybe not as um, much of the, as you want on every deal, but you can get as much of it as you want. You know, private money lenders on their hand sometimes have to be a little more educated. It takes a little more time. But literally, like, I'm to the point where I sometimes either turn people down or just don't get really excited. And it's like, eh, whatever. Um, not two days don't go by when someone doesn't reach out to me wanting to lend me money. Just, I know. I think I was one of those people. I have some kids' college money hanging out, so it's a little trickier to do. I'm like, oh, let me place it with someone I trust. Who do I think of? You, of course. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I know I'm way down on the list. Maybe if I'm lucky, you know, I'll get in on your. No, you're not down. <laughs> we should talk again. I don't, I don't remember. No, but I mean, it's a great opportunity for people who have, I mean, I recommend that they have some experience too. Yeah, if, if you're really comfortable and confident, you could go to someone and ask them for their money. But we had a lot of deals under our belt before I then accepted private money investors. Because people, they do come to you. They say, hey, do you take investors? And yep. I say, well, yes, I do. And this <laughs> is how we do it. And it is nice that you don't pay points and fees like with hard sure. money lenders and i think you like me and we just keep a lot of times we just keep their money rolling yep, and i keep so happy rolling. to get that monthly keep check. It rolling i never i mean unless they need it back i never give it back i just keep yeah. it on every house keep it going now you mentioned like maybe don't take it unless you have experience i would just use the same rules of um, risk aversion that you want to use for yourself so for example maybe you have if you can have some of your own skin in the game at the beginning as you're learning Great, you know, do that. Um, or maybe just make sure that the deal's awesome or it could be a rental property uh, or that they have experience, right? right. Um, or start wholesaling. This business is all about getting your, your foot in the door, like just getting that little crack in there, right? Working it in. <laughs> wedge it open, just wedge it open. I mean, 
you can be out there bird dogging for someone you can be um partner with someone like whatever it takes when i first started my first seven deals i i gave 50 percent of like four of them to this this one lady that i could just like work with like hands on i did all of the work and they were wholesale deals it wasn't like she was put up the capital or anything it was just so I could, it was like my own insurance to make sure I knew what the heck I was doing. And some people might say, oh, you gave up a lot of money, but it was well worth it to me. It was like, I was getting paid to, to learn. Awesome. Right, that's the way I looked yeah. at it. Cause I knew that I would be able, this would make me wealthy. So I was willing to put in that time and effort and, and give up some of those deal that, that profit to get my foot in that door and then blow it open. All right. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, so true. Well said. Yeah. And I just get worried for people that think they, know more than they really do and they're going to take their yeah. parents retirement fund all their money and go throw it in a house and then lose yeah, it be, be careful i have lost lots of money on houses um i've lost six figures on two houses isn't that crazy oh. <laughs> but you've made more than that so like no, I've the made whole sum total you make yeah. way more and i was i and i those risks I took because I knew I could. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't say that to scare people. I say that just so people know, like, you can lose money. Like, be careful. These were high-end properties. And, and I'd made, yeah, I'd made a lot of money on other high-end properties. But um, you just, just, uh, it's so hard because you and I both know people who, there's one group of people who doesn't take, like, enough action and is scared all the time. And there's another group who just takes stupid action. <laughs> I know. But the stupid action people, I would say, are few and far between. I don't see a lot of I them. I agree. I agree. You see one and you're like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could have helped them before yes. they jumped yes. into that. So just, and there's probably nothing that you can't come back from. I mean, look, yeah. at you started out with debt and then you worked your way up to. No, it's true. Awesome. It's so. Just don't, don't buy like a hundred year old house that's like cost a million dollars and it's going to have a million things wrong with you. You got to add on like for your first property, you know, like it has yeah. margins, like <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever want to do it, but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I don't ever want to do that advice when you're telling people either work with a hard money lender that's going to check your numbers or a JV a partner with experience or I mean, it'd be worth it to pay someone someone like justin yeah, or look, me say look over my numbers look over this deal give me you know an hour or two of your time and is it worth doing find someone experienced here, that can save you if you're worried here's here's the truth and i'm not just saying this because i'm a coach but i'm also not going to say it i'm going to not not say it because i'm a coach sometimes we don't sell we sell ourselves short right the best roi you can get is your education mm -hmm. and are there people out there that will take advantage of don't really do the business and will sell you a $40,000 program and send you off to some college kid in a cubicle who doesn't know what the heck is. Yes. But if you work with people who actually do the business, know what they're doing and have an, on a great program at a, at a fair price, depending on what, what level you're at, it is worth its weight in gold. Amen, brother. Mic drop, number two. <laughs> well, um, as, and we're getting close to the end of our show, so I would love for you to share what learning opportunities you offer people. If someone wants to work with you and learn more from you, from all of your awesome hundreds of homes experiences, Holy what awesome. opportunities do they have? So kind of piggybacking off that last comment, we spend fifty to $60,000 a year on coaching, education, masterminds. So we... Um, 
we practice what we preach basically. Uh, but we have a, a couple programs. We have house flipping formula. That is our flagship program. Uh, it's usually around a couple thousand dollars. Um, you go to houseflippingformula.com. It is not currently open, but if you let us know that you are interested, we will get you information on that as it reopens. Seven figure flipping is our high end coaching program. That's a, I'm just going to say the price it's $25,000. So if you're not a serious investor, you actually have to apply for that program. Um, and have to be making close to a six figure income in real estate, have to be doing deals, have to have experience. The goal is to take you from six to seven figures. Uh, it's not for everyone at all, just for you know, people who are, are serious about the business. Um, what else is there? Was there something you have, else? You have an event coming oh, up. Oh, that's I'm right. For. I'm super excited to come. That's I love right. Things. So tell about the event. We have our first day event, Flip Hacking Live, October 6th, 7th, and 8th in San Diego. You can go to fliphackinglive.com to, to get tickets. We, we really are almost sold out. <laughs> I'm actually working right now. I told Kyle, I said, I need exact numbers today. Um, and then I'm working with my event coordinator to see how we can rearrange seating to fit more people. Cause we, it was crazy. We, we sold out, um, in the first like couple months from the seating plan that we had. And so we had to change it up. So I'm well, excited. Of course, cause I mean, your material is so awesome and I love that you practice what you preach and what you teach. I mean, that is huge. My heart just breaks for people that I mean, you've heard it too. They spend 40, 50 grand, they get oh the cubicle and they come to me and they're like, well, I don't really know where to start now. What do I do? And, oh, so the awesome thing about Justin is, I mean, he's doing, he's got a whole team doing it. So it's awesome. Well, you're too kind. And Holly is, she didn't ask me to say this, but she is amazing. I've known her oh. for several years now. And her and her husband, they are rock stars. So you guys are in the right place for sure. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I've, I've got a whole different model than you. I, I think I work a oh, lot man. harder at it. I your was houses are beautiful. I see your houses and I'm like, I don't know how she did that, but it sure looks good. <laughs> it's a different model than yours. That's for sure. I'm more hands-on and get breaking the nails and getting the scars. Doing I break, With I the break staging. my nails. That's all I do is the staging. But um, yeah, it's fun. I was in the most disgusting hoarder house where I actually feared for my safety a couple of hours ago. Oh, man. The people had removed the sub flooring upstairs and were trying to put wood flooring. It was a DIY gone way bad. Oh, my so, God. So, I mean, you're, you're up for adventure. That's wow. for sure. When you say choose your adventure, I had an adventure today. Yeah, I, I escaped it. without my foot going through the floor. But, um, yeah. I <laughs> wish I could say I've seen any of my houses recently. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you can say you haven't. You totally know, different model. Totally different model. Model, and I, love it. I admire that. Well, thank you so much for your time. What would be your final words of advice? Let's have advice for new people. So someone new, maybe educated, not educated. What's your advice for them? My advice, if you were new, is set a goal to make an offer on a house as fast as you can. I don't care if it gets accepted. It's not going to get accepted. Throw that out the window. But I find that 90% of people who want to get in this business never even get to that hurdle, never even get to that point. So if you can get there, you're like 90% of the way, be prepared for failure, be prepared for all kinds of stuff. Failure is the door, the portal to success. So you have to go through it. If you're avoiding it, 
go for it. And I say failure, I don't mean losing money. I just mean rejection, people telling you no, not getting offers, not getting this immediate success that you want, things being harder than you think. So the more of that you get, you should be celebrating and being like, I am on the way, I'm on my path. I'm gonna make this happen. I love it. And that's so powerful for people to hear because they'll see the infomercials and the, the stuff that they think, oh, we make one offer and we make a hundred grand. It's so easy. No. You just barely do one little thing and the money drops from the sky. And that is not the case. It's a lot of hard work, as you and I both know, as we yep. can both testify of. I mean, it is hard work, but well worth it. So thank you again, Justin. You're awesome. Thanks for sharing all your stuff. We'll have all of Justin's contact info in the show notes and your website once again is houseflippingformula.com, right? Or well, that's one of them. House Flipping HQ is my main Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to go to either one, (laughs) you want to get information from him and his team, houseflippinghq.com and they will definitely get in touch with you. Well, thank you, Justin. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Holly. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.